A reading from Samuel. When the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead, she made lamentation for him. When the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb which he had brought. He brought it up, and it grew up with him and his children. And it used to eat of his meager fare and drink from his cup and lie in his bosom. It was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was loath to take care of his own flock or herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared that for the guest who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold, for he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. I anointed you king over Israel, and I rescued you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom. And I gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah from the Hittite from the sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, for you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, I will raise up trouble against you from within your own house. I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. He shall lie with your wives in the sight of this very son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said to David, Now the Lord has put away your sin, and you shall not die. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, help us to always keep you first in our life so that sin will not abide there. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, in last week's service, we learned about David's taking Bathsheba, his adultery with her, the pregnancy that followed, David trying to cover up the pregnancy by getting Uriah to come home and sleep with his wife, and then we know that David sent Uriah back into the battle line carrying a letter which would lead to his death. Joab, David's general, was afraid that David might get mad when Joab has more than just Uriah killed. But David waves it off and says, 
it is casualties of war. And if we stop the lesson there, we seem to think that King David has just gotten away with sin. But then we read this little line in the text. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. It's interesting. This is the first time God is mentioned in David's story with Bathsheba. It's the first time that God comes into play. So in order to commit sin, you have to omit God from your story. You have to put God out of your mind and you have to leave God out of your decisions and then you can sin. So, what we learned from the text today is that nobody, not even God's favorite, gets away with sin. Much to our amazement, we see the text telling us that David is a man after God's own heart, and he immediately forgives David his sin. But much to our dismay, we also learn that God forgives his favorite, but there are still consequences to the sin. The child will die. You can think on that one a long time to figure out what God is doing. So, what we have in 2 Samuel is a lesson for us about what happens when God is out of sight and out of mind. We may believe that God is there somewhere, but we don't always know how God is involved in our decisions. And we certainly don't know what God is thinking. But there is a truth. And that truth is, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. David did not keep God centered in his life. And so David's story becomes a story of destructive power. David had become rich. He had become powerful. And we see that his greed accompanied that power. And then it was his power and his will to take and consume what was among the poorest. And then the text goes on. Nathan is told by God to go tell David his sin. And so David... Or Nathan wants to show David's sin in a principal way. And so he tells him a story. A rich man and a poor man. Both had sheep. The rich man had a guest. Didn't want to sacrifice his sheep. So he took the poor man's sheep. And David says to Nathan, that man 
shall be punished. And then Nathan says, that man is you. So Nathan tells David God's word. And thus the Lord said, said two times in the text. It's interesting. The first time it is said, it draws attention to the sin against God. God says, it is I who anointed you king. It is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. It is I who gave you your master's house and your master's wives. It is I who gave you Israel and Judah. God is talking to David as if he forgot that God has done all of these things. He's talking to David as if David is taking credit for those things himself. Yet everything David possesses has been given by God. David has forgotten that he started life as a lowly shepherd boy. And he ends up being the rich man because God has made him rich. And if he wasn't rich enough, all he had to do was ask for more. But David clung to his riches rather than clinging to God. And then there's the second, thus says the Lord. And this time God tells David what he has done wrong. He has ceased to acknowledge God as the giver of all that he possesses. He has ceased to look to God, provide him with his need and his desires. And not only that he has ceased to ask, he has disobeyed God's commands by committing adultery or rape and murder. And so, God says, you have despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight. You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife. You have killed him with the sword of the sons of Ammon. And then God says, Therefore, therefore the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So I will raise up evil from your own household. I will even take your wives from before your eyes and then give them to your companion. And he will lay with your wives in broad daylight. You did this secretly. I will do this openly before all Israel and under the sun. David's sin is that he disobeyed the word of God. And the consequences cannot be reversed. He used the Amorites' swords to kill Uriah. 
and so the sword will enter his house. David took one man's wife, and his son Absalom will take all of David's wives, and he will rebel against his father's rule, and for a short time he will rule over the throne of David. Absalom will pinch, pitch a tent on the roof of David's palace, the same roof that David saw Bathsheba. And there in front of the whole nation of Israel, Absalom will sleep with David's concubines and his wives and declare that he has the throne and all that goes with it. David's sin was private. God made that sin public. So why do we sin? It makes no sense. When we think our sin is natural, the normal way to act, to steal from the poor and keep it for yourself, it's no big deal, right? It's just the way things are done. Sin is destructive because at its root, we despise the Lord. Despising God himself, sin brings death. Sin is death. There is a king in the land, and this king we call God. And this king won't have sin. He loves us too much to let sin go unchecked. We hear these words in many churches every Sunday. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yes, God forgives and God purifies because God loves us too much to leave us unpurified. Sin. It's not only personal, like we saw with David, starting out with lust and rape, but sin also comes in webs. We have economic sins. We have political sins. We have cultural sins. We have religious sins. And those sins come with a price. We go into a grocery store, and there are thousands of products and produce. They come with a price. We have 24-hour news that dwells on entertainment and scandal, and sometimes not information. And that comes with a great price. We have a culture of consumerism and excess, and that comes with a price. We have a persons of unrestrained power and authority, 
And that comes with a great price. Nathan told a story about a rich man and a poor man. How will we react when Nathan points a finger at us? How will we react when the prophet says our lifestyle and our comfort come at a great price? And the price is what the poor have paid. This is the price that the world has paid. When Nathan tells us a tale about a rich ruler and a poor man, will we realize that I am the man, I am the woman, I am the one who has committed sin against my neighbor? What is our hope? Our hope is in the cross of Jesus. We are dead in our trespasses and in our sins. We say this every Sunday. And we look at the story of Jesus. A perfect life. An innocent life. A death on a cross. Because people didn't want to hear his message of love. Nathan told a story of a rich man and a poor man. We have the story of unbelieving people who crucified Jesus. And we are shocked, and we are angered, and we cry out, they deserve to die like David cried out. But the gospel is not only written to show us their sins, the gospel is written to show us our sins. And the Spirit of God works in our heart, and it says, you are the man, you are the person. How do we treat Jesus today? What does it show us about our sin? What does it show us about our repentance? What does it show us about forgiveness? God will not leave us in sin. He will purify us. In the blood of Christ. Amen.